Welcome to Also the Books, a podcast where we discuss the books we're reading, the books we want to read, and even the books we're forced to read. I'm your host, Adam Johnson, a high school English teacher in North Georgia. I've spent about a third of my life trying to convince students to read books for class, for fun, and for their own good. Joining me today is Alicia Leo. Alicia, please say hi to the people and tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, hi, I graduated from Westall High School in 2018, and I also was in the IBCP cro- program, which was the career program at Westall. And right now, I am an illustration major at Savannah College of Art and Design in Atlanta. All right. And so, what made you want to go into the illustration major? Well, I originally, going into SCAT, I wanted to be an animation major, but then I found out that I did not want to do that. I was more interested in actually just drawing everything. And then what really pushed me into that major was books, actually, because I really liked reading different things that had fantasy and mythology and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to be able to illustrate all of that to really get that idea across of what was actually in the books. Um, But that's actually not where I went and actually anyway. So I don't want to illustrate books, but I got into fashion illustration this past fall. So that's kind of what I'm geared towards now. And what is fashion illustration? Fashion illustration. It's like basically a fashion house or a fashion company will hire different illustrators to do illustrations for their fashion designs because fashion designers they do illustrate their own designs when they're designing but it's more concept based and then they go into like flats which are technical drawings of the designs but illustration it's more artsy it's more creative we do different things the figures look different the clothes are uh, rendered in different ways and it's just a really really creative idea to kind of show the world different designs rather than just looking at a scratchy sketch that a designer would do. So if I were looking for some fashion illustrations, where would I look and where are those most typically seen? Um, For me right now, I see them mostly on Instagram because there are so many art accounts. And if you are looking for more traditional fashion illustrators, your best bet is to go on Vogue.com and to look up different illustrators and that kind of stuff. I do know one, her name is um, Megan Morrison. She started fashion illustration like a couple of years before Instagram even started up. So she, her internet base is all over the place. So she's more traditional, but the best place you're going to see all these fashion illustrators are going to be on Instagram. And so the audience is really anybody who's interested in fashion or is it more the buyer's it could be customers of the designers. It could be people that are interested in fashion illustration or the fashion companies themselves, but more so just anyone who's interested in fashion because it's so broad. So, and because okay. the biggest platform for artists is Instagram and that kind of thing, because it's so easy to share. Like even fashion designers are all, all over Instagram. So any person who really likes Instagram is going to have access to fashion illustration and fashion in general. Okay. Um, And so can people find you on Instagram? Uh, Yes, I started an account over the winter break, actually. And what is that? It's Alicia Leo underscore art. Okay. And that's a a place where you're able to keep like a portfolio, um, just kind of track of what you're doing. How, How do you use that? 
So recently, I actually just became very active on it. I try to post at least maybe once a week or every couple of days. But uh, it is kind of like a portfolio, except it's not very organized. It's more like I'm just throwing as much stuff as I possibly can on there just to get more exposure. But I know for like artists, especially at SCAD, they force us to have as many platforms as possible. So we have to have a website, which is where we'll have more of our business like and traditional portfolio to where things will be more organized and sectioned off based on different types of illustration. Gotcha. So if somebody wanted to hire you to do this and they wanted to see what you were doing in the last couple of weeks, Instagram's a great place to go. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted to see more organized professional kind of products, then that website, that more formal portfolio is where they would go. Yeah, because your website is where you're going to put the best of the best pieces that you have. Instagram's just more of, I've done this in the past couple of days to look at it while your website is all of that professional stuff. Gotcha. I would have, I would have never thought that there was that level of drawing and illustration in the fashion world beyond what the, um, what the designer would kind of sketch up in the process of, of creating. So that's pretty cool that exists and that, that you're headed into that field. Yeah. I mean, I know like for this quarter, I'm taking a fashion sketching class, which has actually really helped me in illustration overall because I'm dealing so much with anatomy. So I think it's very important for illustrators to kind of get involved in fashion illustration because no matter what we're doing, we're going to have to draw people at some point. And fashion illustration is mostly about clothes. And if we can't render clothes, then it's going to be very difficult to kind of do anything. Yeah, you'll end up drawing a lot of those, like uh, the symbols on the bathroom signs, where it's like it's sort of a formless person. And yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So usually these interviews center around five or ten questions that are all mm-hmm. the same. Um, you ready to get going? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So, what book are you currently reading, and what is your preferred method of reading? So the book I'm actually currently reading just for pleasure is Crescent City by Sarah J. Mass, who is one of my favorite authors. And for me, while I'm reading is I don't really like to listen to any music or anything while I'm reading for like pleasure. But if I'm reading for like school, which right now, because I'm taking a mythology class as an English elective, I'm reading The World of Myth by David Leeming. And I like to listen to some classical music, some piano, just to kind of keep my head straight. Because at times it can get very boring to read those type of texts, especially right. when you're reading like a textbook for like art history or something. So have you ever read a book um, called Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman? No, I haven't, but it does sound familiar. Okay, so that's a that's a book that I've got on my list to um, to read for Honors British Lit, a class mm-hmm. uh, that I'll be teaching in the fall. Um, and they'll, they'll read that alongside some Irish myths and, um, or they could choose Beowulf in like a literature circle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, have you ever read any Gaiman? No, I haven't. Okay. I, it sounds like if you're, if you're reading fantasy and books like that and mythology, that, that Gaiman might be right up your alley. Okay, um, cool. So, okay. And so your preferred method of reading is it depends on, what you're reading for. So you're reading for pleasure. It's got to be quiet, but if you're reading for school, then it's, then music's good and that helps you stay focused. Yeah. I would say even reading for pleasure, it's kind of weird. It's not really, I, I need to keep it quiet. It's more like I don't need anything to focus while I'm reading for pleasure because I'm just really in it. Like I can have my TV on 
my phone out, my laptop playing music all at the same time, it's fine for me to focus. But if I'm reading for like school or something or something that's very um, just academic, it's more mm-hmm. like I have to have piano or something to kind of keep me focused. So that's so, the difference. Okay. So are you a hard copy buyer getter? Or are you on a Kindle, an iPad, mix it up? What's <sighs> I tried the Nook. Because okay. uh, Coach Lolly told me, buy the Nook. I did not like it. I want to have the book in my hand. I am mm-hmm. a hoarder when, with my books. If I read it in class, I want to buy it. So I like to have the actual copy in my hand. I know for my art history class, I'm having to read a digital copy of a textbook, and I hate it so much. I just want to highlight. I want to do whatever I can, but mm-hmm. I can't. What forced you to read it digitally? Um, so what ended up happening was my friend, because three of my other friends are taking the exact same class as me. And one of them went ahead and bought it digitally and she shared it all with us. So free textbooks. So we just were kind of like, okay, digital it is. So you got what you paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so would you recommend Crescent city to high schoolers or do you feel like that is more college level or do you feel like who, who's a good sort of audience maybe for Crescent city? So for Crescent City, it is, I think, a new adult book. So I would say maybe older high schoolers, but high schoolers are kind of get into everything. It seems like you have so many different types of people within high school at different levels. But I would say maybe late high school and college, definitely, just because of the um, the content that's in the book. There's some um, language use and that kind of thing. So I would say okay. it's more on rated R in a sense, maybe like a higher on PG 13, but I would say late high school, college. Okay. Um, and is it a series or is it a standalone book? Um, it is actually a series. I think there are going to be three books in the series cause this is the first one. Okay. Are the other two out that you know of? No, Crescent city came out probably about five months ago. Okay. So fairly new. Um, and is this the author's debut? No, Sarah J. Mass actually has two other series that she came out with. One is Throne of Glass, which was her debut uh, series that has probably about, I think, six or seven books in the series. Um, funny thing is, she actually started writing that book when she was 16. So she's actually pretty young. She's probably about 32 or something. And then she has another series that has four books in it right now. And she's supposed to be doing um, two more spinoffs, which is Court of uh, Thorns. Thorn and Roses. Okay. Um, so somebody interested in Crescent City reads Crescent City and really likes the writing and all of that, they can go find other books by that author. Um, that's that's the kind of reader I was. If I read a book in high school particularly and liked it, then I was going to try and find as many books by that author as I could read because why would I bother reading some you know, other author that I wasn't even sure about? Yeah, I'm the same way. Like uh, Cassandra Clare is another one of my favorite authors. I have all of her books that she's written. And Mary Lou is another one. She's come out with probably about four different series since I started reading her. And I like all of them just because the writing is really nice and her style is just interesting. And she keeps the action level up. So it's just nice to kind of continue with the same author because you know what you're going to get. Right. Um, okay. So what are you planning to read after Crescent City, after the world of myth, after your riveting digital textbook? Um, I'm actually taking the second art history class over the summer. So I'll be reading another textbook 
And then I'm probably going to start reading um, another book by Cassandra Clare that came out around the time of Crescent City. I think it's called Chain of Gold. So I'm probably going to try to read that and a few other books that I have sitting on my shelf that I haven't read yet. So how do you pick books? Um, Mostly for me, like I said, is I follow an author. And if I really like that author, I stick with it. But one app that I use now a lot is uh, Goodreads. Just okay. so I can have, like my list everywhere because you can create different shelves of what you want to read, what you have read. So I really follow that a lot. But and I kind of make a list about maybe about 10 books at a time just to show what I'm going to read next. What is the last book you were forced to read? Let's say um, beyond the digital textbook that you're currently reading. What's the last book that you were forced to read? And um, how did you how did you motivate yourself to read it? Um, last quarter for my winter quarter, I had a world religion class and I was forced to read a book on Taoism or some religion. I can't remember exactly what it was or what the book was called, but it basically was an entire, um, compilation of different teachings from this religion, from the actual, uh, founder of it. And it was actually really interesting. It wasn't that hard to read just because it was very short. It was almost like little poems except they weren't super creative with anything. It was pretty straightforward, but I actually enjoyed reading that. So it wasn't like I had to force myself. It was actually nice to kind of read. So how do you motivate yourself to, to read books that you have to read, but don't necessarily want to read? I was like, I have to read for the grade, but more importantly, I think you have to figure out some way to really like get into it and to kind of, what's the right word? Um, you have to like get into it, but I think it's more like you have to kind of set yourself in it and just make yourself okay with what you're doing and purely think if I'm reading this, I'm going to get better. I'm going to know more and all that kind of stuff. So the motivation for me is just knowledge in a sense, but of course it's also that great if you're having to read it for school. Okay. What kind of, of knowledge would you say you're getting from maybe a fiction book or a fantasy book or uh, something like that, where it's not necessarily textbook or nonfiction um, that could potentially motivate you to read it if you weren't necessarily doing it for um, a choice purpose. Mm-hmm. So fantasy books, for me, it's all about the imagination. It's this idea that this author is able to create this whole other world that doesn't even exist. And to be able to actually see it and then to write about it. I think that's what motivates me is because the art form is just so interesting and it's so creative. It's more creative than just drawing something because mm-hmm. they're having to write it out. The detail is just so much higher than just drawing something. Cause when you're drawing something, if it's a scenic view or like a city or something, we pick and choose what the most important parts are to render while in a book, they have to render everything. If they leave any holes open, it could mess up the entire story. And some authors render absolutely everything and it, you just get lost in yeah. the, yeah, the min- minutia almost. So who do you talk with about books? Um, kind of no one actually. Um, most people in my family that we do read it like a lot, but it depends on what we're reading. Like sometimes I'll talk to Ryan about books, but she's very stubborn. So she probably won't read it anyway. Um, my mom, she reads, but she reads very slow. So she can't keep up with what I'm reading. So I can't really talk to her 
other than the fact that I'm just telling her read this when you're finally done with this other one. Um, but I do know I talked to some books. I talked to Sydney about some books and she, I know she's reading one of Sarah J. Mass's um, series right now, but of course she's had it for over a year and still hasn't finished it. So I'm just like, okay, so not really yeah. any. Okay. So you got nobody to talk to about books really. Yeah. If I talk to someone, it's more like I'm ranting to them about something that happened or I'm just laughing in front of them. And they're like, what's going on? I'm like, this is so funny. And they're just like, I don't get you. And I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> but that's the beauty of books also, right? That, um, you know, you can enjoy it for your own pleasure, for your own knowledge, for your own information. And people don't necessarily have to understand why you like that book or what that book provides for you, I guess. Yeah. Cause I know I do like reading books like by authors that do put in some sarcasm and some sass because it's just funny. It's yeah. Like, well, uh, and I'm like, this is great. That makes total sense. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you a bonus 15th question. Um, what's the worst book you've ever read? Um, actually I would say the worst book that I ever read was in your class, Madame Bovary. I did not like that book. Whoa. I did not like that book at all. I was just like, I can't read this. Speaking of authors that are going to describe absolutely everything. Yeah. So what else didn't you like about it? Just in general? Honestly, I don't really remember most of it, but the whole idea, everything about her, I can't even remember, but I just not, did not like the main character. If I remember correctly, wasn't it a man that actually wrote the female perspective? Yes. Yeah, I did not like that either. I was just like, this, this is so <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all. And the fact that I was being forced to read it didn't help matters. Mm. Um, and then I think there was another book that I read at the beginning. Um, I think it's Marissa Meyer, if I remember correctly. But she started off with a series and it was so good, the first book. And as you continued on, there's probably about six or seven books in this series. It got worse and got worse and got worse. Most of it was just fluff of her describing a storm. And I'm like, I don't care about this. Can we get to that? <laughs> this is driving me nuts. I couldn't even finish it. And I was like, oh, God. It should have been an illustrated book then, I guess. Yeah. She, she, could, she could have picked out some details to illustrate instead of every detail to, to write about. Yeah, she would need some spot illustrations. Just take out all the description about the storm and just put an illustration right there on the page. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I had a feeling, honestly, that you were uh, going to say that one of the worst books that you've ever read was in my class because I feel like, um, you know, there's some some polarizing choices made yeah. for that class. Um, and, and now the class is different. So... Um, you know, they've changed the curriculum and, but Madame Bovary stays in for now. So, you know, people will. He's holding on. Yeah, she sure is. Um, <clears throat> well, until the end. Um, yeah. So anyway, sorry, that was a bit of a spoiler, but um, all right. Uh, I want to thank Alicia Leo again for joining me. Tune in next time for book recommendations, another interview, and more. Love to hear what you thought of this episode and who you think I should try to interview next. You can contact me on Instagram at MR Johnson Teaches. And to paraphrase Garrison Keeler, be well and read good books.